Okay, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 347. Hope you're doing very, very well. I'm doing well. Uh, my best friend was just in town, only for a couple days. He's in the Air Force, so he was he came home for like a couple weeks. He's on his way. They're shipping him off to Japan. Got to spend some time with him. Uh, that was awesome. Again, I, I hope you're doing very, very well. Today is a fun episode. It's time for the first annual SOS NFL Awards, uh, based on the 2020 NFL season. And uh, the year ended on Sunday, February 7th. I had this fun idea. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have an awards show. Make it fun. I'll get trophies. It'll be super cool. I mean, I'll ship them off to Aaron Rodgers and TJ Watt. Like, ah, it'll be really, really fun. And so I order the trophies, and then I wait. And I wait, and I wait, and I waited even longer. And I eventually realized, oh, my gosh, COVID has kind of thrown a wrench in the entire operation. I'm calling people. They're like, yeah, it's, it's coming, but it got all screwed up. And so here we are two months later. Uh, after the year ended, I, I actually have these trophies. They look kind of like uh, and, uh, you know, NCAA football. So they, have, they have the white stripe, which irritates me to no end. I'm a perfectionist, but whatever. They're late. They're wrong. Otherwise, I think they are, they're pretty pretty badass. Actually, the trophies I got, oh my God, they're fun, exciting. And uh, in fact, actually, things were going so badly, I had to cancel the first order and find a backup solution. So here we are. Uh, they got 10 awards to give out. I'm very, very excited. And I hopefully you watching, if you're listening on iTunes, great, hope you're doing well. Although I would encourage you, probably one of the episodes you want to watch on YouTube, because I got a lot of visual stuff going on in this episode. Hopefully you can sit back, relax, enjoy some YouTube. Uh, what am I What am I saying? Some football highlights, and we'll have a good time celebrating 10 people who had a fantastic year in 2020. Uh, so let's talk about this. I I do not like the award for most valuable player. I'm not going to give one out because when you ask like most valuable, what does that mean? And in all the sports I follow, it seems like the way that MVP is chosen year to year changes. They're like, we're just going to move the the goalposts here and here. And it's never based on the same thing. It's kind of confusing. I don't like that nature. So what I do, I'm going to give out an offensive and defensive player of the year. It's the person who it's very easy to find. Who had the most impressive year on offense and on defense in the NFL? Very simple. And frankly, it's about who had the most impressive numbers. I'm not afraid to say that. What looks great on paper? Who had an impressive, outstanding year? And so easily by a mile, my 2020 NFL Offensive Player of the Year is none other than the Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I'm so excited to say that. Uh, I am a I look at, When I watch Aaron, he's maybe the most physically gifted quarterback as far as throwing the football I've ever seen. Nobody throws the ball better than Aaron. And Aaron in 2020 led the NFL with 48 passing touchdowns. He had the fewest interceptions for anybody who played as much as he did. Uh, he led the NFL in QBR. He led his team to a 13-3 and season and the NFC Championship game. And this has to be mentioned. Aaron Rodgers had an incredible year. And the NFL, in fact, gave him their MVP award. And he did it just a couple of months after his team drafted Jordan Love to replace him. I think that's awesome. Uh, I think there's no better way to make a statement or give a gigantic middle finger to your organization. If they want to replace you, 
The best thing you can do is just have an outstanding year and say, Oh, really? Good luck. Fine. Get rid of me. But you're going to miss me when I'm gone. I think that's... Aaron has been very kind, very gracious, said really nothing. I'm sure when, when Jordan Love was drafted, he went, Hmm. I don't know what that's about. But all he did was take care of business, do his job very, very well. Uh, played quarterback at a very, very high level. I think that's awesome. And uh, I love what Aaron did. By the way, Aaron played 16 games in the regular season last year. In eight of those 16 games, half of the games he played in the regular season last year, he had four touchdowns. That's outstanding. He was just the production level from Aaron Rodgers last year. Unbelievable. So much fun to watch. Uh, had a ridiculous year. He also, by the way, is the person who I've never watched Jeopardy before in my entire life until Aaron was the guest host. So great on the field, great as a host of Jeopardy. I, I really, he's introduced me to the show. Alex Trebek, may he forever rest in peace. Uh, I never watched the show with him, but I went back and I'm watching the old episodes. It's really fun. And I, again, I want to repeat this because as a side note, it's very, very important. Nobody in the history of mankind has ever been more talented throwing a football than Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron really was easily the 2020 NFL Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, there's a couple of games last year. If you're bored, go back and watch him. Week 16, Green Bay against Tennessee. Amazing. It's in the snow. Aaron was nearly perfect. You're like, I mean, Aaron is not only great in a dome. Like, a lot of quarterbacks play indoors. Awesome. Aaron is good no matter what weather he's playing in as well. That's another factor to his game. You're like, that's really, really impressive. Week 17 against the Bears. He embarrassed the Bears defense. And then week nine at the 49ers. By the way, his childhood favorite team. Aaron was a San Francisco 49ers fan growing up. And the 49ers were banged up, sure. But the 49ers also still have an outstanding defensive coordinator. He's had a defensive coordinator that was outstanding. Robert Sala, he's now the Jets head coach. And dude, Aaron, week nine at San Francisco, put on a clinic. So Aaron, again, easily the 2020 NFL Offensive Player of the Year. Now let's shift gears from offense to defense. So, uh... The 2020 Defensive Player of the Year, in my opinion, came down to two people. And, and some people would throw in Xavier Howard in the mix, uh, plays for Miami. For me, though, it was either Aaron Donald uh, or TJ Watt. Aaron Donald, the Rams' defensive tackle, or Pittsburgh Steelers' edge rusher TJ Watt. And uh, I, I just had to acknowledge that Aaron Donald had a great year. He actually won the NFL's Defensive Player of the Year. Now, with that long intro out of the way, though, I do want to say that my 2020 NFL Defensive Player of the Year is, in fact, T.J. Watt. Frankly, in my opinion, I think the NFL gave the award to the wrong person. In 2020, T.J. Watt led the NFL in tackles for loss with 26. Aaron Donald had 20. T.J. Watt had 15 sacks, leading the NFL. Aaron Donald had 13 and a half. So, uh, more pressure on the quarterback, more pressure in the backfield, I, I don't really understand. It should have been T.J. Watt, in my opinion. T.J. Watt got robbed last year. He had more tackles for loss, more total tackles, more sacks, more stuffs for no gain. T.J. Watt also showed more versatility, where he had seven passes defended, had an interception. So T.J. Watt did everything Aaron Donald did, and then some. He did even more than Aaron Donald did. I, I just want to say, T.J. Watt had a ridiculous year. I want to recognize that. And he is very easily my 2020 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Again, I think the NFL got this one wrong. It should have been T.J. Watt, 
rather than Aaron Donald. TJ Watt is amazing in the running game. He fights through blocks very, very well. He makes plays in the passing game. He's a nightmare to block one-on-one. He gets after the quarterback. And in 2020, nobody did it better than T.J. Watt. Again, leading the NFL in sacks and tackles for loss. That deserves respect. 2020 NFL Defensive Player of the Year, in my opinion. How about Coach of the Year? So, my Coach of the Year, early on last year, I was leaning towards going with the 49ers head coach, Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers had injuries everywhere, and Kyle was still coaching his butt off, getting his team to be competitive. I'm like, this is a really, really impressive coaching performance. But as the year went on, it became very, very obvious who the NFL's coach of the year was, in my opinion. So my 2020 coach of the year was, in fact, the Cleveland Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski. So two years ago, before Kevin Stefanski joined Cleveland, the Browns were 6-10. and 10. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, their quarterback, was an interception machine. But the roster was largely the same. They still had Baker Mayfield, Odo Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett. Like, the core of players was largely the same two years ago. So the Browns just needed a head coach. Now, sure, the Browns added, I think, roughly... Uh, there's more than this, but roughly three key players they added. Uh, tight end Austin Hooper. They added two tackles in the offensive line. Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills. That makes a huge impact, having a right tackle and a left tackle solidified. But the biggest addition the Cleveland Browns made in 2020 was hiring their head coach, Kevin Stefanski. He made everything look right in Cleveland. I mean, two years ago, people thought Baker Mayfield was an awful quarterback. And getting a new head coach made Baker look good. Suddenly people are like, oh, okay. Even the people who've been the harshest critics of Baker were like, huh, he looks pretty good right now. And Kevin Stefanski built the Browns offense to fit what his players do best. With Stefanski, his play design, his leadership, the Browns went to their first playoff game since 2002. And they won their first playoff game since 1994. And in that, by the way, in that victory, they beat their division rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, it was so glorious. I can only imagine how delighted Cleveland Browns fans were. And frankly, it appears that Kevin Stefanski has done what I thought was impossible. It appears like he's turning around the Cleveland Browns. That's a huge deal. You know, I'm 24 years old, and I don't remember... When I was like five years old, when the Browns went to the playoffs in 2002, for the, my entire life, as I've been you know, aware of football, my whole life, the Browns have been an abysmal, awful mess of a franchise. Just terrible. And so what Kevin Stefanski showed, yes, great play design, good leadership, all this stuff. But he also gave the NFL an idea that, oh, the Browns don't have to be awful. Oh, wow. So he took a team that was largely the same from 2019 to 2020, a team that went 6-10, and 10, took them to 11-5. and five. He made the Browns a winning football team again. And I think for that alone, let alone all the good stuff he did as a coach, leadership, play design, putting people in the right situation, that is why Kevin Stefanski is my 2020 NFL Coach of the Year. All right, guys, I'm going to take a short break when I return. 
Uh, coming up, we have the Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year, Breakout Player, Most Important Player, Story of the Year, and a fun secret award where... I'll show you just this. It broke! Uh, the trophy I'm giving away at the end of the show uh, did, in fact, come apart. I got to take it back and uh, fix it. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty heartbroken. It's a, a solid piece of what I... I guess I'm an idiot. It's not metal, but I... Uh, I was very disappointed. I broke it trying to record the thumbnail. I'll tell you that story down the road. My name is Axe Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Hope we're doing very, very well. Oh, man. It's time to eat some crow. And uh, if anybody can write in, tell me where that saying came from, eating crow. I don't really get it. It's kind of like there's there's other saying, uh, multiple ways to skin a cat. Why are we skinning cats? Why are we eating crow? I don't know, but it means basically I was really, really wrong. So let's talk about it. My 2020 Offensive Rookie of the Year is the Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert. And uh, man, I got to say, if you told me this time last year that I'd be giving this award to Justin Herbert, I probably would have laughed at you. I would have said, no way, not going to happen uh, I, it's no secret. I did not believe in Justin Herbert when he left Oregon and entered the NFL draft. And I went back and I listened to what I said about him at the time in my film analysis. I was worried about his footwork. I was worried about his accuracy, worried about, you know, he, his lack of touch, the fact that he missed, you know, regular routine throws. And I was really worried about the guy. I was like, man, I, I just don't know that Justin is going to work out. I was very, very low and down on Justin Herbert. And of course, I was very, very wrong. Uh, and I tried to leave room for hope. I said that, you know, all those problems he had were fixable. But I was convinced, like, Justin Herbert needs to sit for a while. Like, there's, I tried to see a possible future where if he came in and sat for long enough, maybe a year the way Patrick Mahomes did, eventually, then maybe, maybe Justin Herbert could come in and get better and then succeed in the NFL. Oh, man. And the reality is I missed the mark. Oh, my goodness. It's so bad. Like, I missed it. I, I was horribly, horribly wrong. Probably the most wrong I've ever been on anything uh, in the entire run of this show. Uh, week two, Tyrod Taylor had, he got a punctured lung pregame. And uh, so with zero notice and zero time to really prepare without, any guess, any warning that he would be starting, Justin Herbert came in and made his first ever start in the NFL. And from the get-go, Justin Herbert looked fantastic. He was playing against the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. He threw for over 300 yards, took KC to overtime. They lost the game, but man, Justin made a go of it. And from that point on, Justin Herbert easily earned the title of the NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, He had the most touchdown passes ever by a rookie quarterback. He had the most 300-yard games ever by a rookie quarterback. He had the most two-touchdown games. He had the most completions. By the way, he was 39 yards short of breaking the rookie passing yards record, which I, I'm sure I have no doubt. I'm sure you have no doubt. Even if he had a bad game week one, he would have had 39 yards and broke that record too. So I, I just, man, I, I, I blew it. I got it completely wrong. And uh, what Justin did was so impressive. So I... I I don't know if it's because Justin was a 4.0 student in college and maybe the fact that he was, uh, you know, not having to do school. I'm I'm sure. In fact, I have no doubt that definitely helped him to not have to worry about taking classes anymore. No doubt helped him. I also have no doubt he got better coaching in the NFL. But 
not only did Justin prove me very, very wrong, and look, I get dunked on all the time in comments. I deserve it. No problem. Uh, fair enough. But more than that, Justin had the best rookie season for a quarterback ever. The best season a rookie quarterback has ever had in the NFL. That's what Justin Herbert just did in 2020. He had 31 passing touchdowns, 4,336 yards passing, which, by the way, that's a, a number. <laughs> people, I remember when people used to say that having 4,000 yards was an accomplishment. Like, he did it as a rookie. It was used to be rare. So Justin blew the doors off every record. Uh, he had five more touchdowns running on the ground. He had a 66.6% completion percentage. And so easily and by a mile, the 2020 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year Award goes to Justin Herbert. And uh, I got to say, like, I, yeah, I was wrong. I was never rooting against him, though. I'm very, very happy to see Justin do so well. And uh, he's got a bright future, man. I cannot wait to see what Justin will do the rest of his NFL career. Now on defense, the 2020 Defensive Rookie of the Year Award came down to three people for me. Panther safety, Jeremy Chin, Washington D end, Chase Young, and Ravens middle linebacker, Patrick Queen. And this award was the hardest award for me to pick of all the 10 I'm giving out. Now, uh, Jeremy Chin had 117 tackles, an interception, two forced fumbles, a really impressive season for sure. But to be totally honest, I he was the first guy I eliminated. My process of elimination, Jeremy Chin was already out. So then I had to decide between Patrick Queen and Chase Young. And that was a brutal, really, really hard decision. But I wanted to give Jeremy Chin respect. I wanted to mention him. I also want to give uh, my runner-up respect as well. Because this, this decision was really, really, really brutal, trying to decide between these two guys. So... Uh, the official NFL award for defensive rookie of the year went to Chase Young. And I really don't blame anybody who has that opinion. I think that's that's fine. Uh, really, between these two guys, I feel like you can't actually go wrong. Chase Young had 44 tackles, seven and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, uh, three fumble recoveries. He even took one back for a touchdown against San Francisco. And people have compared Chase Young's leadership to that of an NFL Hall of Famer, Ray Lewis. Now, Patrick Queen plays the old position that Ray Lewis used to fill in the NFL. He's the middle linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. The dude, Patrick Queen, had 106 tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and an interception. So their numbers are both very, very impressive, especially to do what they did as rookies in the NFL their first year with a very, very limited offseason. And by the way, both play with so much effort and intensity and energy. They're just all over the field. Now, in the end, my 2020 NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year award is going to go to Patrick Queen. For me, it was the versatility he showed uh, that put it over the top. The dude was everywhere. Getting after the quarterback, defending passes, making tackles, forcing fumbles. He led his team, the Baltimore Ravens, in tackles. Patrick Queen stepped into a position that was once played by an NFL Hall of Famer, Ray Lewis. And to do what he did as a rookie, 21 years old and play like he did, that's my defensive rookie of the year. Uh, now, the final award of this little topic before we take a break and get to the rest. Uh, I think it's, episode, it's, it's award number six of ten. 
my 2020 award for the NFL story of the year is pretty self-explanatory. It's going to the person who had the best story. Now, funny enough, the two people I considered for this award were both affiliated with the same team. So honorable mention is going to go to Washington's head coach, Ron Rivera. He was fighting and then proceeded to beat cancer during the season last year. That's unbelievable. Uh, hard to top that. In fact, I think the only story that could have topped that is, in fact, the next one I'm about to say. Now, my 2020 Story of the Year award goes to the guy who was Ron Rivera's quarterback last year, Alex Smith. So Alex Smith got hurt on November 18th, 2018, over two years ago. And it was a gruesome, broken leg, technically a compound leg fracture. But what followed after that injury was two years of rehab, 17 surgeries, fear of amputation, even a fight against flesh-eating bacteria. It's horrifying, the road that Alex Smith and the journey he had to go on to fight back onto the field in the NFL. And you really can't help but recognize that Alex Smith did not need to come back. He's a guy who had a long career, made a lot of money, played some really good football. And I just, I think that's interesting to point that out about Alex, that he didn't have to come back. But for him, it was about love for the game and this personal battle to get back onto the NFL football field. And it's actually kind of sad. We found out later that not only was Alex fighting against recovery and the injury and hospital beds, but he's also fighting against his own team. Washington did not really want him back. They saw him as a huge liability uh, and they didn't believe in him. And I, I really can't blame them. Actually, I, f I feel bad saying that. I wish I would have said, I always knew Alex Smith was going to come back, but it felt like a long shot at best. And so for the fact that he did it and in fact did it without really the blessing of his team is even more impressive and more you know, exciting and makes it a more compelling story. I did not think that Alex Smith was going to play again in the NFL. I thought maybe he was going to fight back and get onto the roster. I'm like, okay, it's a feel-good story. Like, wow, he's back on the team. He's the third-string quarterback. Wow, good for Alex Smith. But crazy enough, the dude actually played in eight games last year. After And, and I encourage you, go look up the pictures of what happened with Alex Smith's leg. I'm actually not going to show them on, on, on YouTube even. They're really gruesome and really bad. <laughs> There's a picture of his leg in a cast, and it is just horrifying. So to go from that injury to come back, play eight games, have a winning record as a quarterback uh, coming off that injury, to have a winning record. Uh, he also had over 1,500 yards passing and six touchdowns. What Alex Smith did last year was so impressive. He didn't have the best year ever. Uh, I'm really not sure he's ever going to play in the NFL ever again. But fighting back from that injury, overcoming what he overcame, that makes Alex Smith my 2020 NFL story of the year. All right, guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we'll do breakout player, uh, best edition, most important player, and a secret fun award that goes along with the bottom of this broken trophy. <laughs> Can't get over Oh, man, I'm sad. Oh, and by the way, we're going to end with uh, an Ask Zach segment. You guys wrote in a bunch of questions on Patreon. I uh, got some questions to answer about your guys' ideas for the award show. So my name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Hope we're doing very, very well. I want to explain something. I don't know that I did a good enough job earlier 
breaking this down. My goal and my plan here is to send these trophies to every single player who got an award in the show today. Uh, That leads me to my next trophy, the most important player. So in my opinion, the most important player in the NFL in 2020 was the Buccaneers quarterback, Tom Brady. And this might be the shortest explanation for an award ever. So without Tom Brady in 2019, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went 7-9, and and they did not make the playoffs. In 2020, they added Tom Brady to be their starting quarterback, and they won a Super Bowl. It's very, very self-explanatory. Before Tom, Tampa's quarterback was Jameis Winston. He had 33 touchdowns and 33-0 interceptions. That is a really, really, really abysmal touchdown-to-interception ratio. And adding Tom Brady, replacing Jameis, making Tom Brady their starting quarterback, it transformed the Buccaneers organization. Tom Brady recruited people, people like Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown. And then Tom started building a culture and really an expectation. We're going to win a Super Bowl. That is the expectation Tom Brady brought along with him to Tampa Bay, Florida. I guess Tampa, Florida. Tampa Bay is the name of the team. It's actually the city is just called Tampa. And Tom Brady was the most important player last year because the team was different with him. On their way to a Super Bowl, Tampa beat Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes. And it's really funny. I watched Tom Brady kind of struggle a little bit with the Patriots in his final year there. And I made a film analysis video breaking down and showing people, yeah, look, Tom is not the problem. And I got a lot of pushback, a lot of anger. And everybody was saying, you know, Tom Brady's too old. He's washed up. He can't play. And the biggest lie people told about Tom Brady was that he could no longer throw the ball deep. Like, he doesn't have a deep ball anymore. It was just flat out not true. Go watch Tampa Bay in 2020. Oh, my goodness. Deep ball, deep ball, deep ball. Tom Brady showing. He still had it. The reality was the talent around him simply wasn't good enough in New England. So the Buccaneers helped make Tom Brady look good. And in return... Tom Brady helped elevate the Buccaneers. No, he was not the best player in 2020. He was not the most talented player. Tom Brady did not have the best numbers in 2020. But last year, Tom Brady was, without a shadow of a doubt, the most important player in the NFL. Uh, Now on to the next award. This one's fun. Um... There were a number of people I considered to be my breakout player in 2020. Bills quarterback Josh Allen was in consideration. Uh, Jaguars running back James Robinson. Fred Warner deserves a shout-out, although he's been doing great work in San Francisco for years. Uh, Travis Fulgham in Philly. And this award is sort of my own version of a most improved player. Someone who became a sudden star. They went from a guy who had played in the league before and then instantly rose up the ranks like, wow, that dude is unbelievable. And I can't think of anybody better to be my breakout player. Easily, it was the Patriots corner, J.C. Jackson. Three years ago, J.C. Jackson went undrafted to the New England Patriots. Undrafted, joined the Patriots, did start playing right away. And there's a lot of reasons that are non-football reasons why he went undrafted and had a rough journey in college. 
But in 2020, J.C. Jackson's numbers really jumped. In 2019, uh, the Patriots' other corner, Stephon Gilmore, was named a Defensive Player of the Year. So quarterbacks last year in 2020 were like, we're not going to throw it, Stephon Gilmore. We're, we're going to avoid that side of the field. Let's attack J.C. Jackson instead. And that gave him a lot more opportunities. And with even more opportunities, J.C. Jackson delivered. He had nine interceptions last year in the NFL. Second most interceptions in the NFL to only Xavier Howard, who had 10. J.C. had a great year. 14 passes defended, nine picks. Dude made a ton of great plays. And 2020 was J.C. Jackson's breakout year. Now on to the next award, Best Edition. So if you ask me, the best edition in 2020 is, uh, well, it's not going to go to Tom Brady. Uh, we already gave Tom Brady a similar award for most important player. So what player went from one team to a new team and then was the best addition any team made all year? And I consider DeAndre Hopkins. He was traded from Houston to Arizona, had a good season. Honorable mention goes to DeForest Buckner. He was traded from San Francisco to Indy. He had a huge impact. But in my opinion, the best addition in 2020 was Stephon Diggs going to the Buffalo Bills. So the Stephon Diggs trade was great for both teams involved. Minnesota got uh, the first round pick that eventually became Justin Jefferson. And Buffalo got Stephon Diggs. And the Bills adding Stephon Diggs really helped them develop their young quarterback, Josh Allen. Josh Allen got better. And by the way, he would have taken a step forward no matter what. But Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs made a really, really special connection. Stephon Diggs had the best year of his career in the NFL. 127 catches, 1,535 yards, eight touchdown catches. He gave Buffalo a number one receiver, and he helped develop Josh Allen, the Bills' young quarterback. Stephon Diggs was the best addition in 2020. Now on to the final award of the day. Um, I created an award specifically for Justin Jefferson. Now I want to be careful with the trophy here. Uh, I got a funny story during during the filming of the thumbnail for this video. The trophy broke. Oh my god! <laughs> and I, I'm horribly sad. Uh, should be an easy fix. I'm going to take it back to my, my the company and they'll fix it before I send it off to Justin Jefferson. But Justin Jefferson is the Vikings receiver, a Vikings receiver. Uh, and look, he deserves a ton of recognition. Uh, I almost gave him three awards. Uh, he was in the running for the Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, but that went to Justin Herbert, I think deservedly so. I almost gave him breakout player, but that didn't quite fit because he was a rookie and there's no previous seasons to compare that to. I wanted a guy who'd been in the league before and took a big jump from 2019 to 2020. Uh, and, and you know, Breakout player is more of a most improved. You don't give most improved player to a rookie. And I didn't feel quite right giving Justin Jefferson the best addition, even though you could argue that he was. Uh, he's in the conversation with Stephon Diggs, but I felt like, man, he's, he wasn't on a former NFL team. He's a rookie. I'm like, well, what do I do with Justin Jefferson? I wanted to give the guy something. He had an incredible year, deserves recognition. And so I had to ask myself, if I was Justin Jefferson what would I want my award to be called? And so Justin Jefferson is the winner of the 2020 SOS Award for the most impressive season. 
And there's a lot to say. Uh, first of all, he came in as a rookie, 21 years old, 88 catches, 1,400 yards, seven touchdown catches, and he did not play like a rookie at all. He broke the record for most receiving yards ever for a rookie. He was brought in to replace Stephon Diggs and, frankly, did that very, very well. And here's what's crazy. Justin Jefferson was the fifth receiver drafted in the 2020 NFL Draft. Here are the guys who were drafted ahead of him. Henry Ruggs III, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Jalen Rager. And Jalen Rager is probably the most confusing of those guys listed. Uh, he was drafted by Philly. Philly has a interesting history drafting receivers. But it has to be said, even Jerry Judy's great. Henry Rugg got a lot of talent. C.D. Lamb, a lot of talent there. But easily, by a mile, Justin Jefferson was the best rookie receiver last year. And it's, you can't deny that. He made a statement in year one. I got overlooked. He's like, I, I, Justin Jefferson was like, I got overlooked. I should have been drafted a lot higher. And he was awesome last year. I almost gave him three other awards. I'm like, well, he's not rookie of the year. He's not best addition. He's not breakout player. But I had to give Justin Jefferson something. So Justin Jefferson is, in fact, the most, wins the most impressive season award in the 2020 SOS NFL Awards. Justin Jefferson, well done. A lot of respect. He had a great year. And uh, he's definitely deserving of something because the dude had an incredible year last year. You have to acknowledge that. All right, guys, it's time to hear from you. Let's go to Ask Zach, my favorite part of the show. Uh, it's where I read questions from the audience. In case you don't know how it works, go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. You give a dollar a month. You can give more if you want to. Please do. It literally helps pay my rent. Uh, but a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. I do not guarantee to read your questions on the show. My only guarantee is I read every single question with my eyeballs. eyeballs. So question number one is from Logan. Logan writes and says, Jacksonville needs an award title of their own for the best sixth round or undrafted rookie of the year. He said, Minshew last year, James Robinson this year. Undoubtedly, uh, look, James Robinson uh, was an undrafted rookie out of Illinois State. Ran for 1,070 yards, seven touchdowns on 240 carries. He also caught three touchdowns. To be clear, for context, only nine people had... A 1,000 yards rushing or more in the NFL last year. One of them was undrafted rookie James Robinson. That is unbelievable. He definitely deserves a shout-out. I don't know about an award, uh, but James Robinson, man, had a great year last year and deserves some recognition for what he did for the Jaguars. Minshew, we talked about Minshew a lot. I'm not going to talk about Minshew anymore. Uh, but Minshew, you know, love him. The mullet, the quirky style, it's really fun. John writes in and says, Defensive Player of the Year to T.J. Watt. I am a Steelers fan, so I am biased. But I believe this is the second year in a row he's earned their reward and lost it anyway. His stats were far better than any other edge rusher, and Donald was great, but not that much higher than other top-tier interior rushers. What do you think? I totally agree. That's why I gave T.J. Watt the Defensive Player of the Year. Without a shadow of a doubt, he deserved it. I thought he got robbed for the award. And I just got to say, I, I, John, you're right, and I totally agree with you. Now, the musical Brew writes in says, I want to hear of a Dark Horse Award, basically an award for a team that nobody expected to be good, but was. Is that a potential award? And then Tom writes in and says, Kevin Stefanski has got to be Coach of the Year. 
winning a road playoff game from his couch just goes to show how much of an impact he had on the organization during the rest of the year. I forgot about that. Yeah, remember, Kevin Stefanski got COVID and he couldn't or was exposed to COVID and wasn't even the coach, you know, in the game during the Pittsburgh Steelers playoff game. I totally forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. That's right. It does show the, the impact he had on the organization, what they did, uh, what he did foundationally for that team. So, uh, Musical Brew, Tom, you, you know, Musical Brew asked for what's the Dark Horse team. The Cleveland Browns were the surprise of the year. I did not believe. I, look, I, I like Cleveland. I wanted Savansky to do well. I, I root for Baker Mayfield. I could not have predicted they would do as well as they did, 11-5, and five, and win a playoff game, let alone make the playoffs. Oh, my goodness. It was so much fun to watch Cleveland last year. Uh, and I, I hope it continues to grow and climb uh, in Cleveland. William Wrightson says, Best addition was DeForest Buckner to the Colts. Getting an all-pro player for a mid-first-round pick is a steal. Unless you're only, only doing draft players, in which case probably Justin Jefferson. So, best addition. Um, yeah, I went with Stephon Diggs. DeForest Buckner was my runner-up. Uh, the dude had nine and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, he was traded for the 13th overall pick uh, and was outstanding. He's kind of the cornerstone of the Colts' defense right now. As the Colts are turning and trying to become a Super Bowl team, he is at the forefront of that. And so I thought he was just short of winning the best edition. But for sure, he's got to be in the discussion. Uh, Bryson writes in, he says, Not a positive award, but maybe the most disappointing team of the year would be interesting. A team that had high hopes and just didn't perform well at all. Maybe not a team who had a decimating injury at quarterback, but all, had all their pieces and just couldn't win. So Bryson, I thought of two teams that came to mind. Uh, number one is the Arizona Cardinals. I was so excited. They brought in, you know, Larry, they had Larry Fitzgerald. They brought in DeAndre Hopkins, the young quarterback, the new coach. I'm like, man, this is going to be the year in Arizona. Like Second year with Cliff Kingsbury, second year with Kyler Murray. And if you pay attention to the Arizona Cardinals, you know they had some kicking problems that cost them late in games. They had problems on the offensive line. But I, I was really disappointing. I thought this was the year Arizona was going to make a statement. And they didn't. I was like, oh, man, what a disappointment. Now, the other team that really, oh, man, really disappointed me was the Denver Broncos. They had injury problems. They had... Drew Locke problems. This is a team that had two running backs, two tight ends, you know, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, two tight ends, no offense, a star, a bunch of great receivers. They got help on the offensive line, got Graham Gask Glasgow. They got they had an improved defense. I'm like, the, the Denver Broncos, this is their year. And not only would did they get destroyed by injuries, just left and right, but Drew Locke, their second year quarterback, was very, very disappointing. Uh, and so I Oh, man, I'm concerned for Denver. If I'm Denver, I am making a trade to get a quarterback as soon as possible. They have all the pieces there. They need the right quarterback. And I, unfortunately, Denver feels very complacent. They're not eager to replace Drew Locke for whatever reason. Uh, I saw a report that they turned down a Matthew Stafford trade, which is just dumb. I'm like, well, okay, like, good luck with that. I don't really understand. So uh, I am very, very concerned for Denver. And they had a very, very, they, they had a lot of promise last year. And it turned into a very, very disappointing season. Jacob writes in last question of the day, last comment, question, comment, concern, whatever. He says, hey, Zach, 
Big Dolphins fan here, so I might be a bit biased, but here's how I would award the players. Says Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski. Totally agree there. Best addition, Emmanuel Oba. So Emmanuel Oba is a DN for the Miami Dolphins. This is where your bias might be showing. Uh, The dude had nine sacks, three forced fumbles. That's great. I think that, you know, Stephon Diggs had a much bigger impact for the Buffalo Bills than Emmanuel O had for Miami. But, hey, you're a Dolphins fan. You saw that firsthand. I'm not going to—I disagree, but, hey, whatever. He said, story of the year, Alex Smith. Totally agree. Defensive player of the year, TJ Watt. Totally agree. Offensive player of the year. He said, Derrick Henry. Went, huh, okay. Uh, Derrick Henry had a monster year, had 2,027 yards rushing. That's ridiculous. 17 rushing touchdowns, and he did that on 378 carries. He was the entire Tennessee Titans offense last year, almost by himself. And, uh... I give it to Aaron Rodgers. I thought Aaron Rodgers had a more impressive year. Uh, but if you have an MVP award and then you give – so I, it, that works for me, right? I, I think actually the official Offensive Player of the Year award did go to Derrick Henry. Uh, certainly a guy that deserves consideration there. And then from here on out, we agree. You know, Actually, he gave uh, breakout player most improved to Josh Allen. I gave it to J.C. Jackson. Uh, but Josh Allen, that's fine. Most important player he gave to Tom Brady. Defensive work of the year gave to Chase Young. I think that's another one where Chase Young, Patrick Queen, they're neck and neck. I went Patrick Queen. You went Chase Young. Fair enough. And then we agreed on offensive rookie of the year going to Justin Herbert. So all in all, Jacob, you and I were pretty close. Um, Manuel O was the one I'm like, hmm. Okay, I think you're a biased Dolphins fan. But the rest of that, I'm like, look, you nailed it. You're pretty close. Uh, Derrick Henry, we differ on Josh Allen getting breakout player. Fair enough. Although Josh Allen is going to get a lot of potential to win awards throughout his career. I try not to give every award to a quarterback if I can. And so, um, yeah, guys, that's all I have. That's my, the 2020 SOS NFL awards. Uh, I'll, I'm going to take this formula next year, refine it, figure out what makes it best. And next year will be better and more fun. This is a new thing for me to try. Uh, the trophies was a fun experiment. We're figuring it out, but I, uh, I'm excited. I think next year I'll, I'll be more on the ball. We'll get it done sooner, and uh, we'll have a fun award show. So look forward to this again next year, uh, the 2021 SOS NFL Awards, uh, hopefully next March rather than April. And, I, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great day. And, uh, bum bam, we are done.